A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. We'll have your words from social media and much more right after these important announcements. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zanian. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists, each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. Do you need a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone. If you are a first-time listener, I'm glad you're here. If you are a regular listener, thanks for coming back and coming back and coming back. We always are looking for new friends. So, 
Back to getting used to the new place. It's it's been a challenge. Uh, there are some uh, challenges in getting the sound just right, and um, some issues with noise, like the the siren you hear in the background right now, or you might be hearing. And uh, the the thing of it is, is it might take some time, and that's where you come in. Your patience is greatly appreciated. And your continued listenership is, wow, it's more than I can ask for. It's uh, something I look forward to every week. So what we got today, we have three things. Um, And it's, well, two things, mostly centered around the shot, the vaccination that is probably one of the biggest topics of conversation in the news today, uh, getting the um, coronavirus or anti-coronavirus uh, vaccination put out by uh, Pfizer and Moderna and J&J. So uh, there have been some uh, developments, as you know, some people have been uh, affected by this Delta variant. But the point of this whole thing is the shot is still something you need to get. And you need to understand that doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. You have to get the shot. And I'm using those words, have to, because I, I really believe you have to. And even though Politically, uh, there's a lot of ammunition ammunition being stored up when people hear about, you know, somebody getting sick after they they got the shot. Well, it's oh, see, yeah, look what happened. Somebody got sick, so you shouldn't get the shot. No, you should get the shot. Get the shot. And these are two Facebook posts by some good people. Let's see, my brother and my friend Brooks Parola, my brother Joe, that is, and Brooks Parola. Uh, I introduced Brooks to my brother Joe early on as um, Brooks uh, was already a member. My brother had become a member, but it took him a while, and I knew that the two uh, would work well together as far as Oh, writing different things and, and commenting on each other's post. And I'm glad that uh, that we have uh, something good from Brooks and my brother uh, commenting on it in the beginning. So uh, also there is something from, and I think it's The Atlantic by Craig. And... Um, See, where do I have this? Harsh but, under- Harsh but understandable is the thing that my brother and Brooks wrote. Oh, the next thing, uh, relax, the vaccines are working. This is a nice article from the uh, Atlantic that uh, someone named Craig on the Atlantic staff wrote. And uh, I think you'll like this. Um, the last one is a little off topic. As you know... There was a ball game, um, and I think this was, 
you know, this was one of those things where all these wonderful special events are happening at the dawn of the end of coronavirus. And they decided to play a game on the field of dreams. Now, when I say on the field of dreams, it's not exactly on the field of dreams, the White Sox and the, and the Yanks. And, um, but it, it, the thing of it is, is we, we, um, we have here a field, I guess, that was built special for a major league ball game. And they're playing it in Iowa very, very close to the actual field of dreams, which I think would have been a lot better. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. But no, it's not the exact same place. But my friend Walter, who is a good friend and a wonderful uh, company manager for uh, national touring companies, wrote a little blurb about how he actually went there uh, some time ago when he was appearing in a show and he rented a car and he went to the actual field of dreams. And I think you'll like this one. Um, and he, uh, basically he had, had a photo of the place, uh, in his Facebook post. Harsh, but understandable by Joe and Brooks. This was originally posted by Brooks Parola, a Facebook friend who lives in Salt Lake City. Call me cynical, call me harsh if you must, but I am about ready to cave into your argument. Yes, it's your choice to risk your lives and the lives of others, because clearly you're completely lacking in any sense of responsibility towards your own kids, much less towards your fellow Americans. Clearly, there is nothing we can do to change your minds. One year ago, when you all started this selfish nonsense of refusing to wear masks, no one could have dreamed that a year later, you'd still be refusing to wear them, much less refusing to get vaccinated as well. As the Nobel Prize winning economist, Paul Krugman, pointed out, you people talk of freedom when this vaccination has been the most liberating thing. Even more outrageous is the fact that a year ago, it was adults we worried about getting the virus, not the kids. But with the new variant, a year later, the tables have turned. Now it's young children, unable to be vaccinated, who are most at risk. And you selfish people still feel no responsibility to help keep them safe. So, back to my cynicism and harshness. Since we are completely unable to find your heart, I'm going to cave into your selfish argument. I'm going to decide that the only thing we can do is whatever we can do to keep ourselves and as many young kids as possible safe and away from you until enough of you get sick and die and are no longer a threat to our health. Hopefully, the death toll will be large enough so people with feelings of empathy, a belief in shared responsibility, will dominate elections for the next several generations. Congrats! You're all a part of the largest group to win the Darwin Awards. Enjoy your personal freedom, sickness, and death. Yes, I've had quite enough of all of you.
Relax. The vaccines still work. From the Atlantic. They're not perfect, and they never were. But they remain the only way to end the pandemic, Craig Spencer writes. As Delta surges across the country, many fully vaccinated Americans are wondering how much their shots will protect them. There's reason to be confused. Pfizer says its vaccine becomes less effective with time. Moderna says it doesn't. And Johnson & Johnson says its vaccine holds up against the Delta variant, but not everyone agrees. For anyone perplexed by what this all means for your own safety, the main takeaway hasn't changed. The vaccines are still miraculous, and they're still doing exactly what we need them to do. This wasn't the message many took away from last week's CDC announcement, however. After an investigation into an outbreak in Provincetown, Massachusetts, where vaccinated people made up 74% of the 469 cases, the CDC warned that fully vaccinated people infected with the coronavirus harbor as much virus as unvaccinated people. As a result, the agency recommended that fully vaccinated people assume mask wearing in many instances. This was sad and shocking news to everyone who had been told just two months earlier that they could safely toss their masks aside once fully immunized. Overnight, hot vac summer started feeling more like hot mask summer. Adding to the onslaught of bad news was an internal CDC slide deck leaked a few days later in which the agency warned that the war has changed and classified the Delta variant as more transmissible than smallpox, the common cold, and Ebola. Major news outlets published misleading headlines suggesting that breakthrough infections were extremely common and that vaccinated people are as likely to spread COVID-19 as the unvaccinated. The White House immediately pushed back on media coverage it considered hyperbolic and frankly irresponsible. But the damage was done. COVID-19 vaccines were facing a credibility crisis. This is an opportune time to get one thing straight. The vaccines are still incredible, but they aren't perfect. And they never have been. It's worth remembering that this time last year, experts weren't certain any of the vaccine candidates would pan out. And for any that did, they didn't expect an efficacy of more than 70%. Yet the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, that most Americans have received showed stunning efficacy of more than 90% in clinical trials. Still, none were 100% defective, even if many people who got their shots started treating them as impenetrable armor. That's why we expected breakthrough infections, even before the Delta variant arrived. It's a question of simple arithmetic. As more people get vaccinated, we expect more breakthrough infections in vaccinated people. Imagine a world where 100% of people were immunized. 
In that scenario, 100% of infections would be in vaccinated individuals, even if their likelihood of being infected in the first place had been dramatically lowered by getting the shots. Many people already know someone who's tested positive for COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. If you don't, you likely soon will. If only 1% of the 165 million fully vaccinated Americans have a breakthrough infection, that's still 1.6 million people. In Israel, data shows that vaccine efficacy may have dropped to 64%, down from 95% in clinical trials. But other data from England, India, and Canada show that efficacy against Delta is still greater than 87%. Even if the exact efficacy isn't certain, one thing is, you can still get infected with coronavirus after you're fully vaccinated. But the likelihood is low. And compared with infections in the unvaccinated, these breakthrough infections are more likely to be asymptomatic. For the people who do experience symptoms, they'll likely have fewer of them than the unvaccinated. Moreover, and this was a source of widespread confusion in the wake of the Provincetown outbreak, even if vaccinated people with breakthrough infections harbor as much virus as infected unvaccinated people, vaccinated people still collectively lower spread, given that they're much less likely to get infected in the first place. Yes, Delta has shaved a few points off the vaccine's ability to prevent symptomatic illness, but it hasn't blunted our vaccine's crucial role in combating the pandemic. That's because the vaccines have performed beyond our most optimistic projections at the thing that matters most, keeping people alive. I've been working on the front lines as an emergency medicine physician since the start of the pandemic. My colleagues and I would feel helpless when patients came in unable to breathe and rapidly deteriorating. Some days I saw more people die in New York of COVID-19 than I did in Guinea while treating Ebola. But once vaccinated started, in December 2020, we began to see a dramatic change. With a vaccinated campaign targeted at the most vulnerable, the impact was almost immediate. In nursing homes, which had previously accounted for 40% of all COVID-19-related fatalities, deaths plummeted. And according to a Commonwealth Fund study released last month, the vaccine rollout has saved nearly 300,000 lives. The vaccines dramatically changed the course of the pandemic here in the U.S., even with Delta, the likelihood of severe illness if you're fully immunized is still a small fraction of the likelihood for the unvaccinated. Almost all COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths have occurred in the unvaccinated or partially vaccinated. In other words, nearly every COVID-19 related death right now is preventable with vaccination. So what can we take away from all the recent news? And what does this mean for you? For one thing, the Provincetown outbreak didn't prove that the vaccines were imperfect. We already knew that. But it did prove how well they work against the things that matter most, 
of the 374 fully vaccinated people who experienced a breakthrough infection in Provincetown, only four were hospitalized. None died. For another, we should recognize that the battle isn't over. The Delta variant is sweeping across the country, spoiling what was supposed to be a joyous summer. That's why, for the unvaccinated, right now may be the most dangerous time of the pandemic. For the fully immunized, masks will become part of our daily lives again, especially for those of us living with vulnerable family members. And boosters may also be in our future, particularly for the particularly for the immunocompromised or elderly. More practically, it means that you should get tested for COVID-19 if you have symptoms. Delta is indeed the most formidable foe we faced. But even if Delta has dented our armor, we remain remarkably protected against the worst outcomes COVID-19 has to offer. The war has changed. The tools we need to win haven't. Craig Spencer is an emergency medicine physician and director of global health in emergency medicine at New York Presbyterian Columbia University Medical Center. A Visit to the Field of Dreams by Walter Field of Dreams movie site Back in 1997, I was performing as Lieutenant Schrank in the national tour of West Side Story in Iowa, so close to the site where they filmed one of my favorite movies and books of all time. So one morning, I rented a car and invited a few friends and drove to the site. The field was partially owned by the people on the larger house on the right field follow line, which was used as Kevin Costner's house. And the people who owned the smaller house on the left field line. There weren't any other tourists there, cornfields for miles and not easy to get to. The two owners were so gracious and even supplied balls, bats, and gloves so we could throw the ball around and then disappear into the cornfields a la Shoeless Joe Jackson. It was a simpler time. Tonight, the first professional baseball game in Iowa will take place between the Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. They call it the historic Field of Dreams game, which is not commonly advertised in that the game won't actually be played on this field, but on a new one they built a quarter mile away. But they built it and people will come, but still it took a little bit of the magic away. Of course, I'll be watching anyway. I can't watch the movie without tears in my eyes, and I've watched it several times. It was magical, a hopeful, innocent movie for the times. Kevin Costner and some other stars will be in attendance tonight as well. It was Kevin who lobbied the studios to let him star in the flick. James Earl Jones and Ray Liotta were awesome as well. The film won three Academy Awards. And I hope you like that. And I hope you do get the shot. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reads Your Story. 
If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends because we're always looking for new ones. Be sure to email me at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. Be the first person to actually do this if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Till next time, stay safe, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.